Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Hello, I'm Promise, and you're listening to Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're glad you could join us. Before we get into the Word, Kyla, can you open us up in prayer? Yes. In your name, Lord Jesus, Lord, we just thank you for today, God, and we thank you that our friends and family could be gathered here together with us as we discuss your Word, God, and we thank you for our partners and our listeners, God, that you bring more people into the body of Christ, God, and that you deliver and you set them free, God. We ask that you continue to keep those, God, and that we're able to be the light of the earth, light of the world, God, and just be a blessing to our listeners and our partners. In your name, Lord Jesus, amen. 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 Welcome, everybody. We are going to continue or pick up where we left off yesterday. And by that, I mean we're still in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to do verses 21 through 31. So there was more to share, uh, more more that the Holy Spirit wanted to share through others. So we are going to continue that. All right. So with okay. that, can I get a volunteer to read verses 21 through 31, please? I will. All right, Layla. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor. And our unpresentable parts have greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to the part which lacks it, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and the members individually. And God has appointed these in the church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers. After that, miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Do all have gifts of healings? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. Amen. Thank you. At this point, I want to open the floor to each of you to share what the Holy Spirit has for you to share and ask any questions that you have. All right? Okay. Okay. All right. Who wants to begin? I will. I'll kick it off with Matthew 12, verse 22 through 30. Okay. Everybody ready for me to read? Yes, sir. Yes. Go ahead. Then one was brought to him who was demon-possessed, blind and mute, and he healed him, so that the blind and mute man both spoke and saw. And all the multitudes were amazed and said, Could this be the son of David? Now when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. But Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, 
Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself will not stand. If Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore they shall be your judges. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds a strong man, and then he will plunder his house? He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters abroad. Okay. I just found that that ties into verse 21. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet. I have no need of you. The Lord is just showing me that most times when there's a separation of people from the body of Christ, it normally comes within. Like Peter, not Peter, Paul was saying that there's factions among them and how some people were saying, I'm of Apollos and I'm of Paul and how they're clashing heads with each other because essentially their gods were these people who brought them into Christ. And the Lord is showing me that most times when a body part or member tries to become separate of each other it normally comes from within they have an elevated stance or idea of themselves being elevated over the others and how while the while satan does harm the body it's mainly the body that harms itself be like me cutting off my own hand i can't scream out in pain and say my hand is gone if i cut it off <laughs> you, you can scream out but um it doesn't change the fact that it's you that severed your own hand from your body, right? Yes. Okay. Hmm. Now, there's the comparison when Jesus said, if your hand is causing you to sin or your eye, pluck it out, it's better for you to get into heaven maimed than to take your whole body into hell. I'm summarizing, you know, shortening that a little bit. But that's, that's a different instance because there's one head to this body, the body of Christ. That's one head, and that's Jesus Christ. So where he's saying, govern yourself and if it costs you a limb, take it that seriously to avoid sin for your own body. But don't disengage another member from his body. That's not your right. That's not your job. There's but one head, right? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. What else, sir? And how, like what mommy was saying when Jesus told them to essentially maim themselves in so that they can get into heaven, if that body part is causing them to sin, it's not a false humility of just cutting stuff off because that's what you think you should be doing. Mm -hmm. The difference, he, Paul is saying that it's not that the person is cutting off their arm to make it into heaven, but it's they have a perspective of themselves being higher than the others and saying to another person, I have no need of you. Mm -hmm. It's like, hmm, what is a good example? I'll, I'll give an example, sir. Ready? What did, what did Jesus say to his disciples when he said, who desires to be great among you? That he who desires to be great must first serve. Must be a servant to all. some. Oh, wait, all. Yes, all. Hmm. He desires to be the greatest among you must be a servant to all. So even if we just took that face value, as it were, right? Or to the yes. Lord at his word. How many times do we see in the body of Christ those that are really serving themselves? Those in offices of, 
apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers that are ultimately trying to serve themselves and have people follow them, right? Yes. Or people that have chosen to follow these other people, like Paul addresses, as you brought up, here in the beginning of Corinthians, right? Yes. It's an issue. Instead of serving others, right? Then we talked about this the last time, right? Where it was, even the the red and white blood cells, they're constantly just serving. And if there's a greater need, more red and white blood cells are running to the spot where there is a need to assist, to help out, to support, to build up, to encourage, right? And, and ultimately to, prove, to all say minister the needs but provide healing or whatever the case is to that body part, to that organ, so that the rest of the body can still function as it was designed. Oh, but also so that that organ is not lost, providing a greater, I'll say impact, but detrimental impact to the body, right? Yes. We should have that same mindset. It's not a, uh, I'll say it in a natural way, right? Um, JFK, John F. Kennedy, it's not what your country can do for you, it's what you can do for your country, Right? The, yes. Jesus himself said, I didn't come to be served. This is the Lord of all creation. He says, I did not come to be served, but to serve. Mm-hmm. So why do we try to do it backwards? Try to approach this life backwards from how our Lord and Savior, as our pattern example, showed us that we should live it out and walk it out. <laughs> Amen. So, LaCharles, I do have an example for you of the body, part of it saying, I have no need of you. What about 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 22 through 25? I'm just going to have to flip there. Okay. Let me know when you get there. Oh, what's the chapter again? Oh, I know. 1 Samuel chapter 30. Oh, okay. Read it to us. All chapter 30? No, honey. <laughs> First 22 through 25. You got scared there, sir. <laughs> so we did this already. <laughs> then all the wicked and worthless men of those who went with David answered and said, Because they did not go with us, we will not give them any of the spoil that we have recovered, except for every man's wife and children, that he may lead them away and depart. But David said, My brethren... You should not do so with what the Lord has given us. Who has preserved us and delivered us into the hand, into our hand the troop that came against us? For who would heed you in this matter? But as he part, but as his part is who goes to, down to the battle, so shall his part be who stays by the supplies. They shall share alike. So it was from that day forward he made a statute and an ordinance for Israel to this day. So basically, what happened in this case, there was a a battle, and some of the people, they had come from a battle to go to a battle because their families had been captured. Their their city had been raided. And there were some men that weren't strong enough to go on to the next part of the battle. So they had to stay back with the supplies. They took a weaker position, if you will. And then there's one, the other part that went on, and then they actually did the fighting and captured, recaptured their families and whatnot. And 
this is a case of a part of the body going, well, you're, you're not as important as we are. You didn't do the work that we did. You're not as strong or you did something weaker. You have a lesser value than we do. So you shouldn't get the recognition. You shouldn't get a share in what belongs to the whole. And David said, no, wait a second. The person that stayed by the supplies that took the weaker position is just as valuable and necessary as the ones who went and did the fighting. So as you're talking about, you know, there's parts that are more seem, um, less seemingly and more seemingly than others, but the ones that are more modest, they should be protected because for David in that particular case, it was the fact that there was nobody watching at home that got them raided in the first place. There was nobody that stayed behind and fend off other people coming in that actually led them to have to go fight. So David understood we need the people to stay behind. It seems there's less valor in it. There's less might or um, prominence in it, but it's equally valuable. So that's a that's an example of that. How about that, Charles? Yes. I'll give you another example. Ready? It's in John 4. We'll begin in verse... Well, we'll begin in verse 34. Oh. Ashley, can somebody want to read that? Please. I can. You just want verse 34? No. Nope. Uh, through 38. Okay. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are ready they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this say, for in this the saying is true. One sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored and you have entered into their labors. Mm. So again, you see the body working together. All right? Yes. There, how can reaping occur if someone has not sowed? Mm -hmm. Right? Mm. So you see the, the full completeness of everything working together here. The people that sowed weren't the ones that reaped. And it also goes to one of the parables that Jesus used. And he said, right, uh, when dealing with one of the servants, I know you're a hard man, and you reap where you haven't sowed. Well, why? How is that even possible? It's the body working and functioning together. Someone else sowed, and now this master is reaping. Right? Yes. Yes. But you also see how this is the body working together. And yes, in this, Lord is also discussing reaping those for eternal life, right? Bringing in the harvest, those that are, or reaping in those that are turned to the Lord, right? Yes. That they're already ready. There are already those that are not yet believers that are ready to be believers. Let's be led by the Spirit in bringing them in. But in so doing, even though you're reaping, you're still serving others, mm -hmm. right? Yes. yes. So it, this is just another example of the body working together as it should, full and complete, for the entirety of the process. Mm -hmm. You know, Jesus, as the head of the body, he gave us different 
tools, if you will. He gave us our personality attributes, our, our motivational gifts. He gave us the gifts of the spirit that he operates according to his will. And he put into place offices, um, the fivefold ministry gift. And all of that is to equip the body to do the work that he called us to do, which is reaping in the harvest, which is um, ultimately Jesus returning everything back to the Father without spot or blemish, him reconciling the heavenly community now purified with the people, the body of Christ, which we look at as the bride of Christ, which both are one, the place is nothing without its people, and the people disengaged from their home are not fully yet complete. So the place, the New Jerusalem, and the people, the, the church, both together are the bride of Christ. So that's what he's working on. And he's giving us all of these tools, these gifts, if you will, everything that God gives us is a gift. But we're talking about in um, this chapter here, all of that is to equip us to do the work, the same work that Jesus is doing, the same thing he commissioned us to do at the end of the gospels when he said, go into all the world, make disciples of men, right? Yes. yes. Teach them to observe all things as I've given to you, as I've commanded you. So making sure we understand that this is not for our personal gain. God didn't make these, um, make these, neither the, the ministries or the positions of the apostle, prophet, pastor, evangelist, teacher, all of those things. He didn't make that so we can go, I'm better than you. Get away from me. You're not important. Or to have the other parts worship as a, a false god, another positioning. He didn't ask us to do that either. He asked us to join him in his task, what he is doing, his, his bread is to do the will of the Father. He asked us to join him in that, making us his body, not trying to do our own wills, not trying to replace God in any way, shape, or form, but to cooperate with him. Oh, I just, um, it was just a neat thought. You know, I, I really enjoy going back into the um, interlinear Mm-hmm. And looking at the original text and seeing what is there and diving into the full definition of the words are, you know, with our culture and our language, especially English being so limited, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard for sometimes to get the fullness of it. But this was just something I, I thought was kind of interesting. And so, um, so let me share this first. So uh, uh, hyperbole. Um, which is a word that many of us have heard. And um, the definition of hyperbole is exaggerated statements or claims not meant to be taking, taken literally. Mm-hmm. And if we look at the end of this, uh, this chapter that we're in right now, and, we, and we, uh, we're here where Paul is talking about the more excellent things, right? So the, the, the word used there, uh, let me get right back to that, is hyperbole. So very similar, and it um, it means excess, surpassing excellence, preeminence, exceedingly, and its origin is hyperbolo, a throwing beyond others, a supereminence, or preeminently, abundance, exceeding excellency, more excellent, beyond, out of measure, just, just, just the fullness of that word of what he's sharing with us there. It's so easy for us to gloss over. Like it's more. It's no, it's it's, it's exceedingly preeminently more than we could ever imagine. And it's such a contrast to hyperbole, which is not meant to be taken. This is meant to be taken extremely serious, all the fullness that is coming from this that he's bringing to us. So mm-hmm. just thought it was kind of neat to Amen. contrast the words. And, and what that references, the love of God, right? What the more excellent, exceedingly abundantly preeminent way is the love of God. Absolutely. <laughs> not a position. 
Right. So when you, when when you're out there and you're, you're, walking as Jesus walked, you do what Jesus did. You say what Jesus said. You're going to move out of love and compassion. And when He said to us and He commanded us, open the eyes of the blind, feed the poor, cast out the demons, heal the sick. When we, when we pray in any fashion for food or for an individual that, that God sends us to, because he's calling them, it's like, or he's calling him or her, it's like you're moved out of love and compassion like Jesus did, and immediately God the Father heard and answered the Lord, and Jesus assured us he would do the same for us. And that's what, and, that, and that's a personal great um, relationship you have with the Lord, but it's also a faith that you know God heard and loves that person that you're ministering to or you're, you're providing for, um, seeking the Lord for more than you could yourself. Bobby, can I be honest with you? Yeah. I'm not always moving out of love. <laughs> uh, often I'm moving out of obedience. I guess you could say that's love because I love Christ and I want to mm -hmm. move out of obedience, but I yes. don't have love for the person in the situation. Mm -hmm. In fact, I may have quite the opposite. It's in that obedience, and mm -hmm. sometimes it's days later that's that I find right. that place where God is showing me something in that. That's a good and so point. I hope that encourages somebody that's listening. Mm -hmm. you know, you, it's it's yeah. not always you know, roses and daisies and everything's mm -hmm. wonderful. It's just mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just being in obedience to Him mm -hmm. and, and allowing the fullness of His Word to come back, and it'll, it will come. But you're not always going to feel those wonderful feelings of love and want to just be compassionately moved mm -hmm. to do some of the things that the Lord is calling you to do sometimes. Mm -hmm. at, least, at least not me. You're absolutely right. We have all been there and we've done that mm -hmm. too. Um, but most of the time, you, you, there's many times that you, you, there's compassion just comes out. You know, there's a, something that God puts in your heart and it's usually by the Holy Spirit. But there are other times... Yeah, you, you're, you know, uh, we answer, and we do because we're obedient to God, and we start out in the flesh, but all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit will take over, and he starts chiseling away at, at my heart, which helps too, because, you know, because I, I could be very, very um, grudgingly doing this, and I'm not sure how much God would be pleased with me <laughs> at times, you know, because I'm stepping out and doing something that I don't want to do this, you know, but as the Lord is bringing me and I'm doing it, he starts showing me the love, mm -hmm. which, which we all need the love from him. We can't love anybody on our own. That's so he's, right. so Mr. Dean, you're right. Mm -hmm. yeah, we have to do it out of obedience too. Because that pleases the Father. Mm -hmm. So yes. And you're stepping out in faith when you do that. That's, that's what that means. And to step out in faith, even though you don't feel like it, or you don't understand, or you don't think, et cetera, et cetera, God didn't ask for that. He asked you to trust him and believe him. And when we look at the two, the two commandments that we operate by, which is you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and the other one is likened to it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The first one that we have to do is to love the Lord our God. And when we do that, and we believe him and we operate in faith he can work the other one 
the love your neighbor as yourself. He'll he'll bring that along yes. what you need, what needs to be supplied, because that's who he is. He is the supplier of whatever it is that we need of our provision of our seeds. But our job is to come to him first in faith, believe him and trust him and do what he asks us to do. And he'll supply the rest of it to get us to a place that pleases him. So Amen. God is Amen. faithful. He's not even missing on those little facts. He knows we're human <laughs> in his time. That's right. He's gracious. One of the things I, I like to say about that is everyone's at a different place. You know, uh, you start off very minimal, but we're to attain to be like Christ. Mm -hmm. We're to become Christ. Mm -hmm. What takes place, though, everything gets built, but in different levels, different times for everyone. You know, uh, compassion to me I tell you what I like to call it I like to call it the hurt of the heart sorry that's okay when you feel for someone when that love gets there you hurt for the way they hurt you feel the way they feel you know when Jesus heard about Lazarus he wept that's the shortest thing in the Bible. He wept. You know, you, you get that compassion. You, you, you feel for them. It's a wonderful thing, but it takes time. You know, the Lord has a lot of cleaning up to do. You know, yes, he sets you free immediately. You're, you're, you're redeemed. You're washed by the blood of the Lamb. And he delivers you usually immediately of certain things, you know. But there's other things he works it out of you a little at a time. Uh, one of the reasons I think judging is a bad thing to me, first of all, we're not to judge the unsaved because the Word of God says they're judged already, technically. Uh, you know, but we are to kind of judge the body of Christ. You know, like the Word of God says, a little leaven leavens a whole lump. You know, uh, you know. So if if there's people in blatant sin, we need to go to them first, and we need to bring somebody. You know how how it goes. But what takes place is we really need to get to that place where we care enough about the brethren to do something about it. It's not just a matter of speaking about words about. It, it, we got to get to a place where if you need to pray for him, pray for him. If you, you know, uh, we talked a little while ago about uh, different things, you know, the body of Christ does, you know. It may be something as simple as giving them a hug. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you don't have the words. Even the Lord doesn't give you the words. You know, maybe someone loses a loved one or something, and, you know, you, you may not have the... Wow, you know, what do I say? What do I do? Hug them. Sometimes that's all it takes. Anyway, that's all I get. Amen. Amen. And and just to build off of what you said, Dad, when we're talking about judging the body, it's really distinguishing what is sin, Right? separating the, the holy from the profane. And that's what we're to judge. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, 
as you brought up, how you address it. And the Lord's already established this process. And that's supposed to move and operate how he leads us, right? Of course, let's address it with our, our brother or sister in Christ. And, uh, but it's done in love, right? Let's admonish, encourage them to come in. It's, it's when there's a, a hardening of the heart, or when, they're, when someone's determined to be in opposition to the Lord, that then the Lord leads it or says, okay, now we've got to do this, or leads someone in the next step and the next step. All right, well, he always goes to them first and, and to speak to them directly. If there are other brothers and sisters of Christ coming in or stepping in, that's a clear indicator that there's been a refusal to repent and move forward in the things of the Lord. All right, and, if, and you can look and see that throughout the Word, or the entirety of the Word. It's always, it always begins with us and us repenting and actually moving away from the things that are in opposition to him towards the Lord. And the Lord is faithful, and he'll do what he said he'll do. And if we're looking for times of revival or restoration, it always begins with repentance. And that's the body and the whole, every part, repenting, every, every person, repenting, and then choosing to move forward in the Lord, in the things of the Lord, and how he's leading and speaking and ministering to each and every one of us through his Holy Spirit. I'd like to say something concerning what you said, John, about, um, you know, when there's sin in, involved. And the Lord had said something about admonishing one another in love. And I was just thinking about, like, in our own home, you know, when, you're, when you have a household, this house is serving the Lord. Everyone is in, in, they're usually in harmony and a peace in the home. And when there's one out of line, you admonish them in love. But sometimes in that home, there, you know, rebellion might com commit, come in or, or something. And you, there's, you know, just like in the body of Christ, we don't want to have sin in the body of Christ because it leavens the whole body, which it will spread. And, you, and we don't, you know, in the Lord, we don't want that. We want to be in the Lord, a body that is pure and holy and dedicated unto him, mm -hmm. the body of Christ. That's how we should be. So it's a, it's a always learning. Um, we're always learning, and we're always drawing close to the Lord. And it just reminded me of a regular home, you know, that 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 is one unit working and functioning together in mm -hmm. and in and, and it's a team it's teamwork it's a team effort so mm -hmm. it just that that's what i wanted to that's what you reminded me of so yeah praise the lord you know going back to judging you know one of the things that takes place is a lot of us judge by the outward appearance what we see what we hear Word of God says not to do that. And there's a reason for that. You know, uh, we were saying how everybody's at a different place. I was saying it, uh -huh. everybody's at a different place. For example, you may see a brother that's 10 years in the Lord, and this guy's got a mouth. You say to yourself, he's, this guy's been a Christian for 10 years, and he's still swearing. But, you know, you don't know what the Lord's dealing with you know, in his life. He, he may have something much worse than that that the Lord figures, well, get rid of that first, 
you know you see what i'm saying now we with our natural eyes and our natural ears we're like you know this brother's been in the lord 10 years a sister obviously you know they shouldn't be doing that now but you don't know what the Lord's working in that person's life. The Word of God says he'll stand or he'll fall, mm-hmm. you know, by what the Lord mm-hmm. has to do, not by what we think. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's, that's the only thing about judging. That's why we got to be very careful about that. It's, it's mm-hmm. not something we should be doing on a steady basis mm-hmm. because, you know, for the most part, most of us judged by what we hear, what we see. The Lord, you know, constantly in his word says he doesn't judge that way. Mm-hmm. You know, when David was chosen, I mean, oh, look at this guy. He's big. He's strong. He's, you know, oh, yeah, that must be him. He's going to be the king. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he, what's he told? No, he's not. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, well, then it must be this one. No, he's not. Mm-hmm. You got any more sons? Yeah, you got one out in the field. You know, mm-hmm. but uh, that's kind of you know where I'm getting at about being being cautious, uh, mm-hmm. not being too quick. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, you know, God wants us to look at actions, but when not, and not assassinate anybody's character, Absolutely. because we are not the judges of anybody's character. That all belongs to the Lord. And you know, as you were saying, Dad, God is able to make each one of us stand because each of us falls short of the glory of God, and. As we remember, there is but one head to the body of Christ. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. And when he has something for us that he wants done, he sends it through his Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit ministers, that's what we should take. That should be our approach. That should be our mind's perspective. That should be our heart focus. If he says, you know, we see somebody, as you were saying, Dad, using bad words, and they're beeping, beeping, and blankety blank, that heart belongs to God. And you perceive it and judge it based on what the Holy Spirit says concerning it. Whatever he calls it, in our opinion, matters bubkis, right? You know, we may not like it, but God is the one who is the judge. He is before whom we stand, and we will be giving account. No one has to give account to Kimisha. I mean, you guys do, kids, on a, on a level. But the eternal place belongs to Jesus. So when we remember he's the head. And it's not the other hand that decides to get rid of the hand. It's not our job to eliminate anybody from anything. It's our job to listen to the Holy Spirit because he is the one who knows what the will of the Father is and what the will of the Lord Jesus Christ is and to minister that to us so that we were accurate and in line with him and we're not bringing sin upon ourselves because we've left the position that he gave us, which is subordinate to him. He is God. He's head. There's one. And by himself. That's right. And when the body is yielded and the head is in his place, everybody will get what they need. If there is something that needs to be dealt with, God is not slack. He knows how to deal with it and to get it in line or do whatever it is that he finds pleasing to do with his body or his creation. We don't have to take that upon ourselves. We just got to trust him and yield to him. Also, it's okay to see your brother in love and you know, basically tell him it's what he's doing isn't right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yes, of course. All, again, done by the leading of the Holy Spirit as he leads in that moment with what to say and what to do. Mm-hmm. So, which is great. We're going to pause there for today, though. And um, with that, can I get someone to close us out in prayer, please? I will. All right, I promise. 
Lord, I just thank you for today and just thank you for giving us sense and making it where one part one part of the body is not needed, but all the parts are needed to sustain life and not choosing the body of Christ to be a vessel of dishonor. Mm-hmm. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 Well, we love you, God bless you, and have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, Take care and God bless you.